Hello, hello, hello. This is Danielle here at the Black Healing Matters Podcast. And today I'm here with yet another idea to hopefully move you one step closer to your healing. And today, yeah, you know what it is. You know what today is. That's right. Today is Tuesday. And by Tuesday, you know, I mean, know thy history Tuesday. Yes, we're back with yet another installment of Know Thy History Tuesday here. And uh, last week we, we talked about five interesting facts that you did not know about Africa. And today I am following up that series with a little more in-depth talk about Africa and particularly uh, one particular kingdom or empire in Africa. And uh, before we get started, <clears throat> I want to say, I want to say that um, it's been really um, surprisingly difficult to find information on Africa, specific information, uh, specific details and facts, names and places. Uh, it hasn't been that easy, and uh, whereas you know, it's it's just. Not surprising, I guess. Surprisingly not surprising. Uh, but anyway, I just want to let you know I'm working hard for y'all. <laughs> I'm working hard for you on your behalf. Um, like I said before uh, last week, I believe in the the power of history to really restore the pride that we all must have in ourselves and our heritage. As black people, in America, African-Americans, we understand that our history, according to American, <laughs> American history books, most of them, begins with slavery. And that is not only erroneous, but it's detrimental to our people. Because again, how can we just see each other and see our history as slaves? If, if history is a, um, is a window to the future as well as the past, then how can we just see ourselves as slaves and be able to rise as a people? Uh, and so I believe that, uh, as I said before, the um, there's been a deliberate effort to um, pervert our history or and or destroy it in so many ways and so this episode and you know on Tuesdays is dedicated to reviving that history so that we can revive that cultural pride from which uh, was stolen that which was stolen really and destroyed um, so on that note today I'm going to share with you some information about a paragraph of information because I don't want to overload you. I just want you to get the 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 gist and also to get the, the warm fuzzies that come along with it. The pride that comes along with knowing that your people were a magnificent people. So today we are going to talk about none other than the kingdom of Kush. That's right, Kush, K-U-S-H, otherwise known as Nubia. What do you know about Kush? What do you know about Nubia? We're about to find out. Be right back. And we're 
back at it here again as promised today we're going to talk about the magnificent kingdom of Cush and like I said it wasn't too easy to find information but I'm here and devoted to it so I said hey I've got to follow through for the people for my people for our black healing matters family and so I'd like to start off with just a little bit of background information which I found about the kingdom of Cush so it was established in the year 1070 BC around that year 1070 BC uh, and it was um, they, it, it was established and alive for over 1400 years that's oh yeah, 1400 years that's to put that in perspective now America, the United States of America is only about 275 years old. England, its big brother, has only been around for about 1,070, almost 1,100 years. Okay, so this kingdom was, <laughs> was uh, established for over 1,400 years. That's a really, really, really long time. Uh, not really by African standard, but it's a long time nonetheless. So this kingdom, the kingdom of Cush, was so powerful that they actually even ruled Egypt during Egypt's 25th dynasty. So I'm going to read a little bit about the kingdom of Cush, and this comes from the history.com website. So I suppose it is credible, yeah? <laughs> Here we go. So though often overshadowed by its Egyptian neighbors in the north, the Kingdom of Kush stood as a regional power in Africa for over a thousand years. This ancient Nubian empire reached its peak in the second millennium, which is about between 2000 and 1000 BC, before Christ, when it ruled over a vast area around the Nile River, which is now known as Sudan. So this kingdom was so large, actually, just to take a pause there, uh, was huge. It was so large that it had two capitals, okay, uh, two different capitals. So one in the north, Napata, and the one in the south, Meroe, two capital cities in one kingdom. And so almost all that's known about Kush right now was actually came from the Egyptian, um, Egyptian artifacts. But that indicates that it was an economic center that operated an, a lucrative market in ivory, incense, iron and especially ding 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 gold <laughs> right so um even at that time they were trading that they had a vibrant economy which is amazing again we're talking about thousands a thousand or so years before christ bc okay the kingdom was both a trading partner and a military rival of egypt and as I mentioned, it even ruled Egypt during its 25th dynasty, and it's adopted many of its neighbors' customs. The Kushites worshipped some of the Egyptian gods, mummified their dead, and built their own types of pyramids. The area surrounded the Kush, around, surrounding ancient Kushite capital of Meroe is now home to the ruins of more than 200 pyramids, well more than that of Egypt and so you know when we talk about African history Egypt is often one of the the highlights um, you know it's usually the go-to but you don't hear too often about Kush even though <laughs> Kush actually 
reigned over Egypt and they created more pyramids than Egypt. Interesting, yeah? So I'd like to close this out with just a few facts that I found additionally about Kush to just, again, give you some pride and understanding of the stock from which we came, okay? Uh, from which Africa, that Africa bore. All right, so in battle, okay, we're talking about the Kush, Kushites in battle. Kush was, a, was famous for its archers and bow and arrows, which were depicted in the art of ancient Kush. Sometimes the region was also called the land of the bow because of its famous archers. Yeah, so you probably didn't know that. I didn't know that. That's one fact. Number two, oh, I, did I say I'm going to give you five? Okay, I'm going to give you five. <laughs> Number two, one of the most famous leaders of Kush was P, King P. That's spelled P-I-Y-E, King P who conquered Egypt and became the pharaoh of Egypt. Number three, most of the people of Kush were farmers. So we talked about last week that uh, Africa was one of the first places to cultivate crops, to learn, understand how to cultivate crops. So most of these people were farmers and their primary crops were wheat and barley and they even grew cotton, ironic, huh? To, to make clothing. Number Four, the pyramids of Kush tended to be smaller than the, the pyramids of Egypt, but the burial chambers were located below the pyramids. Many of these pyramids were built near the city of Meroe and can still be seen to this day. Can you imagine that, what, what is this? The, how many thousand years ago was this? We're talking about at least... 3,000 years ago, no, no, two, three, yeah, 4,000 years ago, three to 4,000 years ago, these pyramids were built. You imagine anything right now built today, still standing three to 4,000 years from now. I can't, I can't like, that's amazing. That's an amazing accomplishment. They must really have known, um, what they were doing as far as architecture in a way that we can't easily duplicate today. So that's phenomenal. All right. And the last, the final fact that I'm going to give you to round out this top five for today on the kingdom of Kush is that the priests, meaning the religious leaders, the priests of the Kush kingdom were so powerful that they could even decide when it was time for the king to die. Interesting. Um, I think the, the image of Africa is often that of an uncivilized, unruly um, place of, of ill education and, you know, just all wrong. But a civilization, and that keyword, civil, civilization, um, that was so developed that they had these structural laws and, and rules in place. And I mean, it doesn't get much more civilized than that. And so again, this is thousands of years before England was established, before America surely was established, that our ancestors in Africa were putting it down. Okay, like they were 
they were living to the max. They were creating things that are still on this planet today, right? And so again, all of this is about really instilling that pride, that cultural pride um, that we really don't get in school. <laughs> I don't know if you did, but I didn't get it in school. And, you know, I think that's, that is a ultimate blow to our pride, our group, cultural identity as a people. And that must be changed. And I hope that you get the warm and fuzzies, the tinglies up and down your spine, that pride that you can stick your chest out and say, yeah, you know, these are the people from which I came. This is the, the stock from which I was bred. Not just slavery. Right. And again, I, I don't I want I don't want to be too misconstrued that I'm not proud of my ancestors survival. I am very proud and I'm thankful by way of my being, by way of my life. That's how I show it. But what I do with my life. But I think there's much more. No, I know there's much more to who we are and we are privy. We must be privy to that information just as every other culture knows their history, we got to know ours too. All right, people, on that note, I love you. Stay blessed. And as always, Black Healing Matters. Hi, Daniela. This is Ebony from Ebony B. And I would just like to thank you for your kind words on my episode, The Waiting Woman, and for favoriting my station. It means a lot to me that you are with me on this journey. And thank you for sharing your wisdom with the Black community and the world on why Black healing matters. Keep up the great work, sis. Talk to you soon. Peace, love, and blessings. Hello, Danielle of Black Healing Matters. Yes, it does. And I want to just congratulate you on talking about the Kush Empire. Oh, my goodness. It's so lovely to hear heritage and our African culture beyond just slaves and George Washington Carver and making peanuts out of anything, peanut butter, peanut butter, Air Force Ones and all that type of stuff. And Frederick Dulles and his haircut, that seems to be the most that people know about black history, which is a big component of black American history, but it is not the beginning. In a lot of ways, it was the end. It was the end of our culture, the end of our identity, the end of our heritage, the end of what made us more than just an item. Thank you for spreading the message. Hey, Dewan. <laughs> I see you even said black healing matters the same way that I do. <laughs> you know, I have love for you, Dewan. Because you just bring it. You bring it real. And there's so much truth in what you just said. All I can say is preach. Preach. Because, you know, unfortunately, there are so many black people who also believe that our history is George Washington Carver and Frederick Douglass. They don't even really get a chance to know about 
the other really transformative historical figures in our history that really put it down, that really were about that life. And, I, you know, I, I, that's just American history, let alone, you know, what came well before that. And, you know, that's why I do what I do. That's why every Tuesday is a very special day here at Black Healing Matters. And you are invited every Tuesday. And if you or anyone else listening has any ideas or any um, suggestions of empires or specific people or uh, any specific African historical topic that you would like me to cover on this segment, Know Thy History Tuesdays, I am in definitely open to your suggestions. Um, you know, I will, I'll even do the research. You, you, you point the way I'll hunt it down. Okay. Is that a good deal or what? So please keep it coming. I'm so thankful for your, for your ear, for your heart. Um, again, I don't take that lightly. Appreciate you much. Dewan. I'm right. I'm sorry. The one and only. As always, stay blessed and Black Healing Matters. Hey, Danielle with the Black Healing Matters podcast. I would just like to take this moment to thank you for calling in and shouting out my station. Um, I appreciate you. Uh, I love the stuff that you have going on in your station. I heard you call in on Perps uh, B Mental Health. I hope I pronounced that right. Uh, podcast. And I just love your take on uh, what she was sharing. And obviously your tone of voice too. I'm pretty sure you told that multiple times. But um, <laughs> it's just soothing to me. And I love the content of the stuff that you talk about. So yeah definitely love everything you got going on over there and i will be listening and calling in more often so um this is just returning a shout out and uh thank you um for the love and um happy holidays and merry christmas and uh hope everything is going great great on your side Alrighty. hey black healing matters this is debbie from the artist hustle podcast i just wanted to chime in And um, let you know, I really appreciate you talking about mental illness and just mental health. Um, A lot of times, sometimes we forget in society that it's not just about getting physically fit, but also taking care of your mind and your mindset. So continue the great work. Keep it up. Hey, how's it going, Queen Danielle? Um, This is Dojo here. Um, I'd like to thank you for taking your time out the day to check out my station. It's really appreciated. It um, means a lot to me. And hopefully I continue pulling out some more content for you to enjoy and hopefully expound on. But I'd like to talk about your episode 8 with uh, Racism is Stressful. I definitely agree racism is stressful. It's nothing but negative energy building up and causing depression and also other mental issues. Mental health issues. <clears throat> but, um... I wanted you to expound just a little bit on racism neglected by your uh, financial class. I didn't really understand. Um, I just feel like the media portrays us being poor and everything that's happened to us, they take a full advantage of that. 
So I just like to expand on that just a little bit, you know, so I could get a full grasp of what you meant. Thank you. Hey, Dojo. This is Danielle here, Black Healing Matters Podcast. And, you know, I first of all, I was struck that you called me queen. You know what? That feels so good. I'm not even going to lie. I got a little boost from that. So I appreciate that, King Dojo, returning the salutations to you. And I thank you for your question uh, as well as your comment. Uh, so I'm, I'm first of all, I'm, I'm happy to come over and interact with you on your station. Uh, I hope to be doing more of that in the future. But in regards to your question about episode eight, racism is stressful, entitled racism is stressful. Um, I think you're right, and I agree with you that oftentimes the media does portray black people as being poor, but especially with this, um, with the election of a black president, I've also seen this kind of countercurrent in the in the media. There's this kind of undercurrent narrative that. He made it, quote unquote, made it. So why can't you? Look, we have a black president, so racism must not be so bad. Look, we have, you know, black people in, in high positions in government, in, uh, in companies, in business and in industry. Uh, we have Oprah. Look, racism must not be that bad, you know? Why can't you? So basically, what I'm saying in that episode, as far as the disparities um, in, in economic class, um, is that oftentimes what I see and what I hear is that racism gets dismissed as a classist issue, as though like if you know you're poor, then you would experience more of the effects of racism than if you were not poor. And what my point is when I say racism is stressful is that it's stressful across the board and that you can't out earn racism. Even if you're the president of the United States, you're still subject to racism. Even if you're, you know, whatever, 20 some time Grand Slam champion, Serena Williams, you can't out earn or out achieve racism. Even if you have more platinum albums and, you know, make more money and, you know, you've got your millions and, you know, you're living straight. You can't, you know, you just, you can't outwork racism. And so, and it's stressful for all of us. And that's kind of what I was getting at is that um, I think the, the counter narrative that um, a lot of, that I'm hearing a lot from, particularly from conservative media is that well, racism must not be so bad. Look, we have a black president or had a black president. And I think that that's unfair because the statistics don't lie. You know, the numbers of African-Americans still living in um, poverty, still being discriminated against, still unable to achieve in, you know, in the areas of life that are vital for assessment of the American dream are still abysmal, even with a black president. Some argue they were worse with a black president, but that's a different debate, and I don't want to get into that. So I just wanted to answer your question fully, and I do really appreciate it, because if you had that question, I'm sure 
others had that question too and hopefully they could get it answered here but you're the only one who asked so I appreciate you bro I'm sorry King I appreciate you King Dojo and I hope that you're having a wonderful holiday season and as always stay blessed and Black Healing Matters <laughs>